Hey y'all, welcome back. So I decided to do a part two of hormones because I want to dig just a little bit deeper in regards to talking about hormones. And I recently got a question that uh, that was asking, will taking hormones or hormone replacement therapy prolong my life? So I wanted to talk about that. So just to kind of go back in the previous episode, I mentioned how I contemplated going back on birth control pills to address, you know, my mood swings and my night sweats and all that good stuff. And I was really kind of struggling with that idea because obviously when I was coming up in my training, talked a, talked a lot about, not talked a lot, but talked about hormone replacement therapy or just hormones in general to kind of help with addressing perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms. So naturally I would think about, you know, going back on those hormones to make me feel better. And over the years, just evolving, realizing maybe that may not be the better choice, especially starting out. And also I remember early on, early on in my career, a woman who, you know, came in with multiple symptoms in regards to menopausal symptoms. She's in her mid forties, a mom, CEO in a business, and she was really struggling. So again, talked about hormones and decided she wanted to try, go that route and try hormones. And usually as UINs, we typically start off with a low dose hormone. Um, in regards to the amount. And, you know, there is estrogen types, there's estrogen and progesterone. So we really have to kind of decide on the woman's situation, her history, and other things that may be, you know, contributing to what's going on and decide on which hormone treatment is better or not better, but the best fit because I know there's also a lot of talk about taking synthetic hormones versus bioidentical hormones and are bioidentical hormones better. So bioidentical hormones essentially means that the hormones that were created are created from plant-based estrogen and they are chemically identical to the hormones that your body naturally produces. So does bioidentical hormones, are they better than synthetic hormones? Well, they are effect, more effective only because again, they're pretty similar or identical to your, what, your, what your body naturally produces, but are they safer? No, because exogenous estrogen, which means estrogen that's given from the outside, like your body is not naturally producing, it's all the same. So whether it's bioidentical or synthetic, the risk of taking hormones is the same, you know, either way. So, but I do tend, I did tend to offer bioidentical hormones first, depending on the patient that may or may not have worked and may have to switch to synthetic just based on her symptoms. So we really kind of go by her symptoms improving to figure out you know, which one would be, which one would be a better choice for her, as well as how we would go up on the amount that she's taking. So I give her this woman who came in and she was, um, like I said, 
really close to menopause. Like she was, like I said, mid forties, her periods were pretty much non-existent. She was still having them kind of here and there, but we decided to do hormone replacement therapy instead of a birth control pill. And typically I would have them come in a month or so as a follow-up to see how they're doing. And she came in for a follow-up and it was not helping her. Like she, I'm still having these symptoms. I feel, you know, I feel horrible. I can't focus at work. Like I just, it's not working. So we decided to go up again on the amount that she was taking and another follow-up and she's still not happy. <laughs> She's like, I want to feel better. Um, so, you know, what else can I do? So then I started thinking, you know, what else could be contributing and kind of digging more into her lifestyle in regards to what she was eating and what her activity level was and stressors and things like that. And she mentioned he drinks one or two cups one or two cups of coffee every day. She's actually going through a high stressed um, um, time in her in her in her, her in her job. And I mentioned she was a mom, so the kids were involved in a lot of things. So she was running around, you know, doing that and really didn't have time to cook a lot. So always on the go. So had to kind of do what she can in regards to eat healthy, but admitted that she certainly could do better as far as what she was eating and, you know, processed foods and things like that, that she could have eliminated a little bit more. So going more in that direction and talking about taking small steps to eliminate or limit some of those things she was doing she actually felt better. So that was when I was, you know, that kind of, again, that was earlier on my career. Certainly hormones was kind of at the top of my list of the go-to because when we think about perimenopause and menopause, the hormones are declining, right? They're going into, into the valley, into the non-reproductive phase. So our obviously automatic thought would be to, okay, replace this hormone that's decreasing, that's declining. But that would be a, obviously that's a natural state. You're, that's what your body is supposed to do. This is a natural transition. Your body wants to go into this valley where your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone levels are at a low point, essentially. So when you're going through the transition into menopause and estrogen is typically obviously the driving force. You know, there's always other hormones, estrogen and progesterone. I mentioned testosterone. They're all declining. However, estrogen is declining at an irregular pace. Like basically it's on a roller coaster up and down, up and down hills and valleys, hills and valleys where the other hormones are, are declining more on a steady rate. So because of that, there is a, a kind of 
disproportionate ratio between estrogen and the other hormones. So because of that imbalance, that contributes to the symptoms. So it's kind of, we talked about the estrogen declining and kind of going into a lower rate, but then at some points, estrogen actually becomes the um, dominant hormone. So I don't know if some of you have heard of estrogen dominance. And that typically, that essentially means that even though estrogen is declining, it's still, it can still be the higher amount of hormone if the other hormones are not declining at the same rate. So because of the estrogen dominance, it contributes to the menopausal symptoms. And what is something that we all, that we need to think about is what else can be contributing to this extra, quote unquote, extra amount of estrogen. There's other factors that can increase your amount of hormones. So I mentioned giving hormone replacement therapy as to replace what is declining. But if you have other things that are going on internally inside your body, that's increasing the amount of estrogen on a, on a disproportionate level, then giving you hormone replacement therapy is like a temporary Band-Aid. So it's giving you the hormone to basically counteract that decline and those symptoms that occur with the decline. But if you have other things that is adding to the issue, then the hormones, taking the hormones is not gonna be the end all be all essentially. So what I mean by that is there are other hormones involved that actually can affect your estrogen level. So for example, the big one is cortisol, that's your stress hormone. So if you are under high stress that increases your cortisol, that increases, and that, that actually um, high cortisol levels decreases, decreases your progesterone levels. So that kind of gets us back into the estrogen dominance where your progesterone levels are depleted while your estrogen levels are quote unquote high so that ratio is unbalanced. So if you have high es uh, if you have high cortisol, that ultimately leads to high estrogen. So think about if we limit our stress, that that could potentially improve outside of taking hormone replacement therapy. Insulin levels, another hormone. If you have 
high insulin levels that also impacts our estrogen levels by increasing other hormones like, like testosterone. So again, making all of that, all of the, 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 the happy medium between all the, um, the hormones is thrown out of balance by different factors. So if you have a, you know, if you're under high stress or if you are putting, um, things in your body or on your skin that is contributing to causing this imbalance, giving you hormones, you know, giving you a prescription for hormones is only temporarily potentially help you or not. Like I mentioned before, the woman I mentioned before, given her the prescription, she wasn't really noticing a difference or a very uh, minimal difference or improvement in her symptoms because she had these other factors that was essentially contributing to the problem. And like I mentioned in the last episode where you really can't take or want hormones forever. So you're gonna have to get to a point where these hormones are, are going to be in the valley and that's where they're gonna live. That's where they're supposed to live because that's where we in that state, in that in this stage of life, the hormones are on, a, you know, are in a lower amounts, and that's where they're going to live for the rest of your life. So, you're adding hormones now, hormone replacement therapy, but in the end, long term, you're not going to need, you know, you're not going to have um, those extra hormones and your body's going to have to adapt essentially to um, having those hormones, you know, living in the valley <laughs> essentially. So addressing those other factors that can contribute to the imbalance of all of these hormones is important because that's essentially going to help you on the long term, because we also have to think about other things um, besides, you know, stress, besides poor nutrition. Um, again, looking from the inside out, our metabolism, our liver, our gut health, all of that makes a difference and contributes to the balance of our hormones, especially estrogen. So addressing those things is really important because those are the, you know, those are the things that in the end is going to drive or essentially affect your overall health, right? Our liver is, is necessary for detoxification, our gut health necessary for a whole lot of things. And I'm going to talk about that on another episode, but our, our gut is our second brain essentially, and it controls a lot of things and definitely contributes to the metabolism of how we handle estrogen. And the other thing I mentioned in regards to being mindful, basically, and that's what I'm kind of leading into, being mindful of what you are eating, being mindful of how stress is affecting you makes a difference. Being mindful of what you're putting on your skin um, using certain, you know, skincare products and 
and things that potentially have hormone, what we call hormone disruptors. And that contributes to the imbalance of hormones. So if you're using products that has parabens, phthalates, things like that can contribute to the hormone imbalance. Other things that we know we call xenoestrogens and that essentially means these, these estrogens from the outside essentially binds estrogen receptors and sends unintended signals to you know, different parts of your body. So again, causing an imbalance essentially of estrogen in general, but also other things. So if you can avoid these potential xenoestrogens, and, and that's where you, and you can find those in you know, plastics, like plastic containers, you know, plastic water bottles. Um, if you are heating up food in a microwave, you don't want to heat it up in plastic because that also predisposes you to these, these xenoestrogens. Um, I mentioned the skincare products can potentially have the parabens and phthalates that more so hormone dis disruptors. Um, and then also eating, you know, food or meats that's raised on hormones. So that's also, you know, considered a, a xenoestrogen. So limiting exposure to those, you know, different types of things can also contribute to keeping things in regards to your hormones more balanced. So that's what I mean in regards to hormone replacement therapy being like a temporary Band-Aid, addressing those symptoms, your menopausal symptoms at the moment, you know, definitely can make you feel better. Yes. But again, long-term, you still have to address the underlying things that can also be contributing to your hormone imbalance um, and your, you know, and ultimately your symptoms. And again, just realizing that your, your body is doing something that it naturally needs to do. And, and, and that is going on that decline with um, the hormones. And like I said, the, the, the estrogen is, you know, all, all obviously the driving force. And that's, that's the you know, hormone that's basically affecting a lot of our, a, a lot of our um, cells and, and it's on this roller coaster, up and down, you know, hills and valleys, hills and valleys, and and it gets to a point where it kind of goes on a steady rate, but that 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 up and down certainly can be more intensified if there are other things that are contributing um, to that. And like I mentioned before, in regards to your stress level, um, the way you're eating, and things like that. So those are things that that I want you to think about. And going back to the question of, will hormones, hormone replacement therapy prolong my life? No, the things that will prolong your life will, will, it, um, are making those lifestyle changes that essentially affect your overall health. So eating better, you know, eating healthy, moving your body with exercise, decreasing your stress levels. Those are the things that are going to, those are the things that are going to prolong your life. Taking hormones um, is not, like I said, it may potentially make you feel better, um, you know, during those, 
you know, the, the, I know those those symptoms can certainly be distressing. I obviously know, <laughs> but there's certainly other things you can do besides hormones um, that will benefit you on a long-term basis and make you feel better, certainly from the inside out, um, just addressing those things that are happening that you may not even realize until you kind of think about that. So, so think about, you know, some things, if you are going through um, some perimenopausal, menopausal symptoms, think about, you know, just one thing you potentially can change, whether it's, you know, something that you're eating, if you can just, you know, decrease the amount um, versus stress level, there's something that you can change in regards to, you know, uh, leaving the office a half an hour earlier or delegating something, you know, that so you don't have a whole lot of things on your plate. So think about just one thing, one small thing that you can do to, to, to help with that. Okay. All right. So that is what I wanted to add to the um, first <laughs> hormone episode. So if you have any questions or if you can relate to any of that, let me know, like shoot me a DM, follow me on Instagram at Dr. Joyelle and shoot me a DM, or you can email me a question at drjoyelleballard at gmail.com. I am curious to know, like I said, what you think. All right. All right, ladies, until next time, take care.